Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father, through his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The word of God that calls for our attention this morning comes to us from the gospel reading from Matthew 25, read a few moments ago. In Jewish culture, the wedding feast is the greatest celebration next to the great liturgical feast of the year. The feast would last for a week, either at the groom's house or his parents' house. The feast would start by the groom and his friends processing through town to get the bride from her parents' home and officially bring her into his home. All the bride's friends would then be picked up as the procession went from the bride's parents' home back to the groom's home. The time of betrothal is over and the bridegroom is ready to take his bride unto himself. As is said in Genesis 2, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. The word has been spread through town that the bridegroom is coming. So these ten virgins gather together so they can join the procession after their friend, the bride, is gathered. They're the last stop before going into the wedding feast. So they wait. And wait. And wait. They start to ask each other, Where's the bridegroom? That question still rings true today. Since this is a parable, we need to look at the individual pieces before us this morning. We start with the ten virgins. They're the first to arrive on the scene. They represent Christians of all times and all places. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. What made them either foolish or wise? For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took oil with their lamps. The lamps represent the initial gift of faith which is given to all Christians to prepare them for the last day. The oil represents the continued gift of the Holy Spirit through the means of grace. The oil doesn't give light unless it's in a lamp. And a lamp doesn't give light unless there's oil in it. Jesus said in his Sermon on the Mount, Let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Also, a voice from heaven says, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. The Holy Spirit replies, They will rest from their labor, for their deeds will follow them. The wise continue to make use of the means of grace, while the foolish think they have enough. In one of these states, every Christian awaits the arrival of the rest of the bridal party. That brings us to the last couple of pieces of this parable. The bridegroom is Jesus. The bride is is his church. The shutting of the door is the final judgment from which there is no second chance. With this understanding of the parable, let's look at our question again. Where's the bridegroom? First, he's preparing the feast. While Christians are gathering and waiting, Jesus is making sure that all things are ready. He tells us, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may be where I am also. He begins that preparation by gifting the lamps to his people. Many congregations give candles at baptism to represent the light of Christ. This baptismal lamp is the first step in the preparation of your room in heaven and your invitation to the wedding feast. It gives it, he gives it to you with the promise that he is coming back for you. All you have to do is watch and wait. 
Throughout the last couple of days before his death, Jesus continually urged and commanded his followers to watch for his return. The first return came when he rose from the dead. Then he ascended into heaven to prepare all things. At his ascension, he promised the apostles, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. When the apostles preached on the first Christian Pentecost, Peter told those who were cut to the heart by the condemnation of the law, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That gift comes to all through baptism. Jesus' second return comes, as we confess in the creed, when he will come to judge the living and the dead. Which brings up a great point. What happens while the virgins are waiting for the bridegroom? They all fall asleep. The Bible continually talks about the death of believers as sleep. So there is the very real possibility that each one of us will die before the bridegroom arrives. But we're still told to watch and wait. Where is the bridegroom? He's making the feast ready for you. But one day he will come to retrieve his bride. That's what we as the virgins watch and pray for. There will be the cry, here's the bridegroom. On the last day, the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. This is the picture St. Paul gives the Thessalonians in our epistle reading this morning. Jesus comes back in his glory and majesty to bring his church to himself. Everything has been prepared for the eternal wedding feast. All those who are ready will be taken with him. As we began our service this morning, those who are ready can faithfully pray our hope and expectation. O Jesus, now appear. Arise, O sun so longed for, or this benighted sphere. With hearts and hands uplifted, we plead, O Lord, to see the day of earth's redemption that sets your people free. When he comes to retrieve his bride, it will set everything right once again that was displaced with the fall. When he comes and has gathered his bride and her friends, he'll feast with the faithful at the marriage feast of the Lamb, which has no end. That will be with the bride and the wise virgins. What happens to those who are not ready when that day comes? Like the foolish virgins, they'll be outside saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. And he'll say, I do not know you. The door is shut, and there is no one who may open it. Once the bridegroom has arrived, there are no second chances. Those who are not his will be left outside in the dark, begging to be let in. But their pleas will fall on deaf ears. For them it will be as Amos said, Why would you have the day of Yahweh? It is darkness and not light, as if a man fled from a lion and a bear met him, or went into the house and a serpent bit him. Is not the day of Yahweh darkness and not light gloom with no brightness in it? As Jesus tells the church in Philadelphia, these are the words of the Holy One who opens and no one will shut, who shuts and no one opens. The door is closed. There are no recounts possible. You're either inside or outside. And outside, as Jesus continually reminds us, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. 
But what about the wise virgins? What about those inside the feast? They are feasting with the bridegroom. They are enjoying the great blessings that are theirs because they had been anointed with the oil of the Holy Spirit in their baptism and remained steadfast in their faith through the continual use of God's means of grace. Now they see the fruition. Now they see the eternal side of life. Now they see that place that you can only imagine with no pain, no sorrow, no mourning, no tears. The place of everlasting comfort for those who have persevered in the fight throughout their lives. Jesus charges you, watch therefore for you know neither the day nor the hour. It's a command of comfort. He gives it to us so that we will stand firm in the faith through the means that he has given to us. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.